The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. As I was scarfing back some ice cream cake this afternoon, and some birthday ice cream cake for the December babies here at uh, Chorus Radio, I was reading an article from the Wall Street Journal titled, It's Not You clothing sizes are broken and for a moment I felt pretty good until that sugar crash from uh, all the sugar in the in the ice cream cake but think about this uh Jedville as more and more of you do your shopping online there's more and more frustration over um about a standards for clothing size. And I don't necessarily think it's just online. I think it's in stores as well. Um, but I can tell you that online, experts say that size and fit are among the top reasons for returning online orders. Um, but you know it, I know it. We have challenges in stores as well with same sizes fitting differently. Uh, but there are companies... Uh, that are starting to use tech in hopes of helping people figure out what kind of clothes they should buy and to have a little bit more of a conversation about about this and, and really about standards when it comes to clothing sizes and the history of it. Because to be honest with you, I didn't have any idea about it until I read this article, Scarfing Back the Ice Cream Cake. Um, well, I wanted to find out more about it. So we've dialed up Craig Patterson, who is the editor-in-chief of, of Retail Insider and director of Applied Research at the U of A School of Retailing. Hey, Craig, welcome back to the show. Uh, thank you for having me. Now, can you give us a little bit of insight into the history of of clothing sizes? Um, you know, go back in your brain a little bit and maybe tell us a little bit about that. Do you know? A little bit, yeah. Um, I think what's interesting is in decades past, so we're talking more in my uh, grandparents' generation yeah. in the 1950s, uh, a lot of clothing was actually made to measure. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and some wealthy people still do that now. Uh, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, you know, really, uh, like about 10% of, of household income actually went to clothing, and it was quite often, you know, made for the individual. Uh, uh, you know, it, it would have fit properly. I don't, I don't know if people, you know, um, moved up and down in size as quite as much as perhaps we do now with all of the the, the food we eat and the less exercise we get. Yeah, <laughs> um, you know, yeah, clothing was you know uh, a little more customized. Uh, uh, you know, around the war they started mass producing clothing, and uh, um, you know, we to this day we have ready to wear clothing, which uh, you know is based on I think a sizing regiment that was created primarily for you know I think it was Caucasian women and yeah. men to a degree, and, and you know. And, and, we're a much more diverse society than that, obviously. So I was reading as well that as as North Americans got bigger, that some manufacturers, especially in the 90s, adopted something called vanity sizing. And I hadn't heard about this, but it makes sense that the clothing got larger, but the sizing stayed the same. Oh my goodness! Right, That's so you're right. thinking you, you oh. can stay a size you can stay a size small forever, no matter how big you make <laughs> yeah. some of these brands. <laughs> so, but there is no standards when it comes to sizing, and that is surprising to me. Um, so, um, a size eight, for example, or a size twelve in one brand doesn't necessarily fit the same in another brand. Uh, why is that, especially in women's wear? You know, it really varies. Um, there's a brand actually at Edmonton called Emmy DeVoe, and I yes. was asking her about sizing because she uses a lot of fabrics that stretch. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was saying, you know, go a size down because, you know, this stuff stretches, it's going to fit better. If you've got like a really, really, you know, tough fabric, like, you know, a strong denim or whatever, you know, that doesn't have much give to it, then you really need to get something that's going to fit right. I mean, you, you might want to get something a little bit bigger. So, 
I'm as confused as anybody quite often. And, you know, the part that worries me the most is that when we return clothing that we buy, uh, believe it or not, a lot of the retailers are just throwing it out, which is incredibly wasteful. And it's so bad for the environment. You know, we've we've talked about fast fashion before, and and the impact on the environment. But yeah, so much of it is just going into the into the uh, into the dump. So, um, what one of the things in this uh, Wall Street Journal article that I was reading is saying, you know, that the sizes really kind of go out the window every decade. They change a bit, but within another ten years or so, body scans for clothing and figuring out what size you should wear is going to be a real thing tech is going to be playing a bigger, bigger role when it comes to your shopping experience. And, and and we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but we're starting to see this already, aren't we? Absolutely. Um, I recently saw a really interesting demonstration. There's a company based in suburban Toronto called Passen, P-A-S-S-E-N. And what they do is they take body measurements and then they um, have measurements for certain clothing items. And a person will be able to, um, you know, through this data, find garments that will fit them off the rack, you know, exactly as they should be. Uh, they tested it in a couple of shopping centers already um, in Ontario, and uh, it's seen great success. And I suspect that we'll see that rolled out around the country. One of the things I think you're going to have problems with with some of these uh, body scans to figure out what your, your type of, <laughs> type of uh, what size you should be wearing um, is that people aren't going to like what they're being told. To a degree, I mean, I guess there's a way of just renaming something. Maybe small, medium, and large art uh, are, you know, the best thing. Maybe, you know, uh, 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 Sally, Tammy. Actually, that's probably not much better because someone might get insulted, right? But uh, find, finding some way to, you know, especially the, the, the biggest size, uh, you know, finding some way of quantifying sizes uh, so that, you know, they're, they're measurable, understandable, but not offensive or, you know, controversial probably well. would make sense. You know, and, and that's the bizarre thing because I'm not going to hide it. I, uh, I, I would be uh, plus size. I'm kind of like on the, the, the 14, 16, 18 range, right? But I own it. I've been a size four. Um, you know, I've been a size four in my last uh, 20 years all the way up when I was doing my bodybuilding and all that, all that sort of business. And, and trust me, it was pretty nice being able to walk in a store and just grab something off the, uh, off the, off the rack and walk out. And it's different now. You know, I've got lumps and bumps and curves and different different places, but I own it. I mean, I'm not, I'm not embarrassed to um, go into a store like Additional or something like that, realizing that that's where I'm going to find something that fits. But there are a lot of people that, that are and that can't get past it. So there's, there's a little bit of a mind thing that comes along with that that people have to get over, in my opinion. No, absolutely. And, you know, I think that the average woman is larger than a lot of the clothing that, you know, we see in stores generally. Uh-huh. Uh, like, like I think that in Vancouver, for example, the Chanel store had almost no sizes that were above two. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, there's a couple of stores that I just I can't even go into. It's like, oh, you know, what's your largest size? Oh, size four. Okay, I'm out of here, right? Um, yeah. I'd be able to buy a pair of shoes, and, and that's about it. But I think it's just interesting, and I just, I didn't realize... Um, that there weren't standards in place. And when we talk about tech and the way of the future, how that's going to be when it comes to, you know, the experience in stores, it's going to be fascinating to watch the next decade, Craig. I think so. I mean, you'll be able to walk into a store, look at a mirror, and um, it'll basically show you how something's going to look on you when Mm -hmm. you're wearing it. And, you know, whether or not that comes from those measurements or otherwise, I think that, you know, technology is going to solve a lot of problems and I think make retail a little more standardized, useful, and uh, I guess reliable in terms of sizing. I love it. All right, Craig, thanks for this. Hope you have a wonderful holiday.
Oh, you too. Happy holidays. Yeah, take care. Craig Patterson joining me from the U of A School of Retailing this afternoon. So there's a couple of uh, businesses. There's uh, uh, a company, uh, it's in the States, it's called Sizer and uh, Truer Fit. Uh, they are putting tech to work to try to figure things out. And I'll be honest with you, you guys. Um, so when I became an honorary colonel, uh, in in the Air Force to get uh, the measurements, the proper measurements for my dress blues. So um, one of my uniforms that I wear, I was at the base and they put me, they took me back to a little back room. They didn't take out a, a measuring tape or anything like that. It was done with a body scan. So, okay, yeah, I know, Chris. It was like, oh my goodness. So what they did is you go back into a little room and then they set up this computer program and you stand there. So in guys, you'd just be, you know, guys, you'd just be in your, your, um, your underwear and girls, you're in your, your bra and you're in your underwear and you stand with your feet in a certain spot. And then you had these two sensors of some sort that went on each side of your hip, like where your, where your arms would go down to meet your legs. And then you stand there and they hit whatever, whatever. And out, <laughs> out prints a scan of your body. Oh, my goodness. Out prints a scan of your body. And, and based on that scan, this was, okay, this is what size of jacket that you needed. This is the jacket or the, the pants size. And let me tell you something. You know, you look at that and go, oh, my gosh, that's, you know, well, for me at the time, I was like, oh, that's kind of hideous. But in the end, if that nails down the exact size that you needed and how it would fit best, whatever, I think it's a great idea. If we don't have standards, and you know it, you guys, if, if you think, okay, well, I normally wear a size 10, whatever it is, or I normally wear a size large, um, and I think guys have it a little bit easier because it's neck measurements, waist measurements for the most part, right? And chest measurements. Whereas we, look, what does a size 2 mean? What does a size 6 mean or a, a 14 mean when it comes to women's clothing? Anyway, I kind of like this idea. If you can get past looking at the outline of your body <laughs> on a scan with somebody else standing behind a counter, you have to let that go. But if it's going to save you buying something and taking it back or whatever it is, I think it's a great idea. So this would have saved me potentially from... Uh ordering that Cincinnati Reds jersey that it makes me look like Cartman yeah. whenever I wear it because I have a sweater I'm wearing right now that I tried on in the store yeah. and I think it looks pretty good. It's, yeah. it's you know, it, it's my body. But when I order something online every single time, it inflates me by about 40 pounds, 60 pounds. It's like a drape. Oh, okay. So what you're saying is whatever that size is, if you go and order it on something else, it's just, it's not working. It's a large. I'm a very finicky large. Yeah. Right? Like the, the very broad shoulders yeah. means oftentimes that you have to add length. To yeah, it. yeah. And so unless you actually get to try something on, like for men especially, it, it, easy, it is easy to go across the board and wear an extra large jacket and a large t-shirt and a large sweater. Yeah. But it's really hit and miss. And so buying things uh, through retailers online, especially, I never know what it's going to spit out when I order a large. Yeah. And I know buying for my husband, for coach too, because he's got the wider shoulders, but then he comes down to like a 34, maybe a 36 waist. Uh, I always say he looks kind of like a T-bone steak, right? Like he's built, you know, that way. It's tricky. So I have to buy him an XL or a double XL to get him fit through his shoulders or his chest. But everything has to get tapered for his waist.
And yeah, so it's 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 nice when you can just go in and buy something off the rack. Um, it can be a little bit more finicker, finicky, finickier when you can't. But again, there is no standard that requires an eight in one brand to fit the same eight in in something else. This vanity sizing in the eighties. I think it's hilarious. Oh, yeah. Okay, the size got bigger, but we're keeping it, uh, or the, 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 the actual item got bigger, but the size stayed the same. But, yeah, 1930s, the U.S. Department of Agriculture conducted the first large-scale study of women's body types. Technicians took 59 measurements from about 15,000 women. The data, of course, flawed because the study only included white women at that time. Um, and they showed um, an outline of a pair of jeans, a pair of women's jeans, and about how they took the sizes on it, or size eight, let's say, but how they all varied depending on different brands, like inches, inches differently. Anyway, um, well, maybe tech is the answer, right? Fingers crossed.